Man, what a show we just got, right? Kids did great. Is this the first one since before COVID? Does anybody know that? It is. So first in at least three years. So what a show. Our kids are growing. They're multiplying. We're, you know, stairs aren't big enough. So what a show. Um, Hey, if you're new here, my name is Jay. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. I just want to say welcome. Like Kaylee mentioned before, we're so glad you're here. Check out those connect cards and please come say hi after the service. We'd love to get to know you. So uh, please stop by after the service. I want to stop before we go anywhere else and just recognize a few more people. Kaylee was saying thank you, but I want to say thank you to Vicki Bumgarner and her whole team yesterday. Yeah. Some of y'all don't even know why you're clapping. You know, you just like Vicki. That's cool. Uh, she organized and oversaw the entire foster care, foster kids Christmas party that we had yesterday. We saw upwards of close to 100 uh, kids and volunteers in our building yesterday for four hours, we cared for kids while foster families got to go and take a break and do whatever they needed to do. And so thank you, Vicki, but everybody who volunteered. I think we had over 40 volunteers uh, from our church who, who jumped. You were eager to serve at this. And so this is very much something we want to do annually. Uh, so be ready for next year. And if you have thoughts on what went well, what didn't, please come find us. And we want to tweak this and, and continue to do that yearly. So thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Chick-fil-A. Uh, for bringing chicken. Uh, man, Vicky, if, if nothing else, she got the pickles on the side of the sandwiches. Like, what a feat, right? I'm very anti-pickle on my chicken sandwich, but either way, whoa, whoa. Y'all stay back. Relax. Wow. Controversy. Okay. Uh, second, um, Kaylee mentioned Shanae, but man, Shanae and her volunteers, her team that organized all this. Shanae volunteered herself to, to lead this time. What a special treat for us. So thank you, Shanae, and everybody who helped with that. And I also want to say thank you to Melinda Dennis. She led us this morning. She led the band last minute because Josh has been sick most of the week with a spiking fever. I don't think he has his voice back yet. And so you all know sickness has been running, running rampant, and Melinda stepped in last minute in between a lot of responsibilities that she has. And so so thankful for all of the people who lead and, and serve here at Providence Road, but specifically all, these three that I mentioned were all women. And so just to acknowledge that we have such gifted women in leadership here that serve, and we're so thankful for you all. Uh, so thank, thank, thank you for all the ways that you serve and everyone else that I have failed to mention, but you guys are special. Okay, let's jump in. If you've been in and out recently, or if you're new today, we've been examining Luke 1 and 2 from the perspective of different people who... Uh, are throughout the birth narrative of Jesus. So a couple weeks ago, Blake preached to us um, from the perspective of Mary, and we specifically considered what it means to magnify the Lord, why she magnified the Lord, and why we also should magnify the Lord. Last week, Jeremy preached, and we considered Zechariah and how God met him in his disappointment and hopelessness. This morning, we're going to turn our attention to the angels who appear, appeared at various moments throughout Luke 1 and 2. And so we'll start, uh, well, I'll begin reading in Luke 2, starting in verse 1. I believe the words, yes, they'll be on your screens for you. So there they are. Follow along with me. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. 
And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace be among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this specific season where we push pause on on the busyness and craziness of life, and we remember the first coming of our Lord Jesus. And so as we consider this text this morning, would you make it come alive to us? We pray that you would send your spirit to correct us, to, to make us more into the image of Jesus from this text we're going to consider. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So there have been a few occasions in my life where I have been or someone close to me has been startled by something to the point of fear, but then it turned into joy. There's only been one time in my life that I can recall where that happened at the same time, but for very different reasons, and that was when I proposed to my now wife, Brooke. Now, I believe I've shared this with you all before, but I had planned this special morning to return to the place where we first met. She'd read this handwritten note that I put so much thought and time into. I'd sneak behind her and drop to a knee and everything would just go perfect, but none of it went perfect, right? It was this cold, it was frigid, windy morning and we were all bundled up in coats, but I don't think our coats were actually helping us. And she had to be thinking like, hey, this this is cool and all, this is romantic, but can we go back to the car and just like look at the park that we're going to? But we're out there, and I'm, like, encouraging her, like, hey, come on, we got we to gotta go do this thing. And she, it's windy, you know, we're in Tulsa. So we walk to this gazebo that overlooks this pond. And I pull out this card that I had written on, and the wind catches it, and it nearly falls in the water. So I'm stomping on it. I'm, like, catching it, like, freaking out, right? And she's got to be thinking, like, what, it's just a, like, what is the big deal? So I stomp on it. I grab it. I give it to her, you know, I'm hearts racing, like none of this is going right, but I'm like, I just got to, she's got to see the card, because I'm not going to say this right, like she's got to read the words, right? So I give it to her, I fall to a knee, and that, that's, that's when I really knew this wasn't going well, because the look on her face, uh, you know, guys, you know, guys that are married, like you, you've gone through this, but some of you young guys, you're in here considering proposing to your girlfriend, and you build this up in your mind, right? And, and you, there are things you hope to see. You hope to see a smile. <laughs> you hope to see maybe laughter, 
um, I don't know, a disposition, maybe tears even of joy, right? Something positive, right? But what I saw in that moment was fear. Like the look in her eyes, she looked so terrified. And I believe it was, it was the feeling of, oh, is he actually proposing right now? Not like, oh, I don't want this to happen. But I didn't know in the moment. And so then fear came over me because I thought, oh, she's about to say no, isn't she? Like, the, like, the, like there was this blank stare in her face, and I thought, how, how could I have misread this? How, how could I have misread this so poorly? And so a li- backing up a little bit, we, we dated long distance. We were 10 hours apart, and so we spent a lot of time on the phone. And even today, she'll, she'll ask me, like, what did we talk about, you know, on the phone all that time? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, so long ago, I can't remember what we talked about. I do remember one thing we talked about, though, and that was getting married. We talked about that. <laughs> I, I remember it very vividly, very vividly. I even remember walking to the jewelry store with her, and she pointed at a ring and said, that one. I want that one. And so I'm racing through my mind like, what did I miss? Like, what, what, is, what is happening here? Like, how could this? Because as soon as, as soon as we left the jewelry store, right, she went home, and I went back to the jeweler, and I said, that one. You know, I got the one. I go back, and it's like, what, what is And it felt like 50 minutes, right, but it was really actually like 30 seconds. Like, that's all this is happening. And I fear fear came over me, right? In that moment, there we were, two young pups, afraid, deeply afraid, in a moment that would change the direction of our lives forever, one way or the other, right? Like, it was either going to go really bad or really good. Now, skipping a few years ahead, you, you see the end of the story. She said yes, and then she said I do, and here we are, 11 plus years in, still wondering what we talked about on the phone all those hours late at night, right? Here's the point. The fear that was caused by an unexpected event, at least for her, eventually turned into so much joy for the life we've created together, the family that we now have, and everything else in between. And that is what we see happening in Luke 1 and 2. In the multiple appearances by angels, every time they appear to someone, we're going to see that fear initially overtakes them. They become overwhelmed by fear. But the fear doesn't last long. It will turn into joy. And that's what I want us to see this morning. So again, stepping back on what we're doing with Advent, I want to remind us that Advent literally means coming or arrival. So during this Advent season, these four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day, we remember the first coming of Jesus. But it can be hard for us, those of us on this side of Jesus' birth, to, to really feel what they would have felt before they were waiting that, for that first coming. Noelle Piper helps put this into perspective for, for us. She writes, for four weeks, it's as if we're reenacting, remembering the thousands of years God's people were anticipating and longing for the coming of God's salvation for Jesus. Even God's men who foretold the grace that was to come didn't know, she quotes 1 Peter 1.11, what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. They were waiting, the prophets were waiting, but they didn't know what God's salvation would look like. In fact, God revealed to them that they were not the ones who would see the sufferings and glory of God's Christ. The next verse, Peter, 1 Peter 1.12, says this, They were serving not themselves but you, 
in the things that have now been announced to you through those who have preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. They were serving us. We Christians on this side of Jesus' birth are a God-blessed, happy people because we know God's plan. The ancient waiting is over. We have the greatest reason to celebrate. So Advent for us is an intentional time of reflecting on the waiting of the people of God for the salvation of God through the Son of God. That's what we're doing here. And we celebrate big on Christmas morning, not because of the cookies and presents and good music and all the fun stuff, although those things are great, but because Jesus has in fact come to redeem his people. And more than that, for us, Advent reminds us that he has come and he will indeed come again to reconcile and restore to himself all things. So we are now in a period of waiting for the second coming of Christ. And we can have more confidence now in that because we look back historically at his first coming. So let's move into our text this morning. Again, we're going to be looking from the perspective of angels. So what was their role and what was their purpose? What did they do and what did other characters do in response to them? Let's go back to chapter 1 at the first appearance by an angel to Zechariah. This is Luke 1 verse 8. Now, while Zechariah was serving as priest before God when his, his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. So Zechariah, as we studied last week, uh, he was a priest, and his wife was barren, and they were both advanced in years, which in Bible language means they are not having children. They are really, really old, and nobody expected them to have a child. They knew it. Their friends knew it, and God knew that they knew it, which is part of why the angel's message to him was so shocking, so hard to believe. Here he is minding his own business, and what do you know, there's, there's an angel that just appears before him. I'd like to think that the angel was messing with him a little bit, because when we read the account with Mary, she wasn't initially afraid at the angel's presence. She had fear because of what the angel said to her. Zechariah sees the angel, and he, he's caught off guard just by seeing him. I, I'd like to think he's like hiding behind the altar and jumps out and is like, boo, you know, hey, hey, Z, kind of like I do with my kids when I hear him coming up the stairs and I hide behind our dresser, and it's not fun for them. It's, it's fun for me. This wasn't fun for Zechariah either. He, he's, he is afraid. He is very fearful. But the angel says to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife will bear you a son. You'll call his name John, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. Now, one thing I, I love to find in the scriptures are, are patterns, things that repeat themselves over and over, because I believe God is doing something. He's calling our attention to see, hey, this is important. So when you see something repetitive over and over, that ought to make us perk up and say, okay, what is God trying to tell us here? And so here we see a pattern developing in chapters 1 and 2. And it begins like this. Zechariah is just going about his business, then an angel comes. He becomes afraid, 
The angel says, don't be afraid. The angel gives a good message. The message comes to pass. Zechariah worships. This is the exact same thing that happens to Mary. Let's go to Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So let's go back to our pattern. What happens here? Mary is just going about her business. An angel appears to her. She becomes afraid. The angel specifically says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel brings forth a message. The message comes to pass. And then Mary worships God at the end of chapter one. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. She worships. Now, as soon as Jesus is born, this pattern continues, but it changes slightly. Let's go back to Luke, starting verse 10, Luke 2, 10. The angel appeared to the shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign that you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's well pleased. The angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. They didn't take their time. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So again, going back to our pattern, it slightly changes. Considering the shepherds, they receive a message from the angels. They see someone else worship God. So they receive this message. The angels worship God. They see for themselves, they go, remember, they see for themselves what God has done. Now, they enter themselves into the, the pattern. They go tell others, and they worship God. So it repeats itself. They go back to one. They give a message. They worship God. And then someone else worships God because of what they are now communicating. Now, if we want to break down this even more, you can tell I'm a math nerd. Like, I love math. Like, let's make this super simple, right? First, each time the angels appear... There's a proclamation of good news, and there's worship in response. It's that simple. The angels bring a message, and then there is worship in response to the good news that they've brought. Let's go back and consider this. Zechariah receives a proclamation of good news. You will have a son. Then he worships God at the end of chapter 1, I believe. Mary receives a proclamation of good news that you will bear a son who will be the savior of the world, then she worships God. The angels 
give a proclamation of good news, and they couldn't help themselves. After they give it, they start worshiping. They couldn't contain themselves. This message was so great that they were delivering, they had to worship. The shepherds received this good news of great joy, then they worship God. And then after that, the crowds, anyone the, shepherd, the shepherds came in contact with, began to worship. They began to wonder or marvel at what was told them, and they worship God. Now, this is so simple. This is the takeaway this morning. This is it. This is such a simple and basic reminder for us this morning. We again today have heard a proclamation of good news, that God has come to earth in the form of a baby. The earth has received her king in the most humble of forms so that he could in humility go to the cross and redeem a people back to himself. Now, in response to this, we worship and proclaim again, not letting this cycle, this pattern, end on us. This pattern has been repeating itself throughout history. There's a proclamation of good news, and there is worship and response. And this continues for us. We now become like the shepherds who go and tell others, who tell others, who tell others. This is what the angels are showing us today. So I want us to consider a few things in light of this text. As we reflect on this text from the perspective of angels, I want you to ask a few things or consider a few ideas as we leave this morning. First, I want us to consider, is it really Jesus that's bringing you happiness or joy this season? Is it really him that you're worshiping, maybe is the question. There are so many things this time of year that can make us happy, right? Like we, there are things we can go to for happiness all, at all points of the year, but especially at Christmas, right? You got, you got beautiful Christmas lights. You got all kinds of food. We, my family made gingerbread houses yesterday. Like that can do it. Christmas music, all kinds of Christmas music, uh, all the good food we're going to eat, uh, spending time with family, which, you know, may, may, maybe that doesn't bring happy. Like, the, all these things, I guess, can bring you discouragement, too, right? Like, if we're, if we're walking through it. But, like, if you consider, like, there are a lot of things that can distract us and make us happy and can cause us to find our, our hope in them. So as we consider this text, like, what is the source of your joy today, this season? Is it Jesus or is it these other things that are kind of fun, but they're really trivial, right? Number two, I do want to acknowledge that at this time of year, we can experience unwanted sadness. So while a lot of things can bring happiness or temporary fleeting, fleeting happiness, some of these things can also bring deep sadness. Maybe it's because this is your first holiday season without a loved one, or you're experiencing some type of grief. Um, perhaps you have general expectations that just aren't being met. And so you're feeling sadness because of that. And I want, I want to say two things to you. First, I'm so sorry. Like, I hate it that you are experiencing discouragement or pain. And I wish that wasn't so for you. Like in the end, I know that it won't be, but I, I hate it that you're in a season of pain and hurt and discouragement. So I'm sorry. And two, I want to acknowledge that each of the people in our text this morning that were approached by the angels at one point or another felt deep pain and hardship. I think we could argue that Zechariah was feeling it when the angel approached him because his wife was barren. They, they really wanted a child. So I believe he was feeling some sadness when the angel came. And yet, 
each of them, each of them, in that moment felt such overwhelming joy because of the good news that they had received. Now, I know that that's, that can be hard to press in, to fight, and remember how good God is despite deep discouragement and pain. But my encouragement to you is to fight really hard for that, that both can be true. Life can be hard and is hard and is painful, but God is good and he's the savior of the world and we can find joy and freedom in him. They can be true at the same time. So please fight for that. Number three, I'm going to encourage you to specifically talk about the birth of Jesus. Super wild, huh? Like crazy that I would ask you that. More so than at any time of the year, is this not the time that everyone we know, most likely, is comfortable talking about some form of Christmas thing, right? Like you're going to get approached probably at the water cooler. This is, a pa- this, is a, this is like the weather or sports or whatever. Like, hey, hey, how's Christmas going? Or like, what, what do you enjoy about Christmas? Now, they're probably expecting like, oh, you know, Christmas vacation movie or Elf or whatever, Four Christmases, this song or that song. So it may feel a little bit like a Jesus juke. Like, I am really thankful for the birth of my Savior, Jesus Christ. But that's okay. This season, more than any other season, people are open to hearing about Jesus. Now, it's time for us to open our mouths and say those things. If Jesus is what brings you deep satisfaction and joy, man, let's talk about him. Let's say that. Be bold and have courage to talk about Jesus this season. And number four, I want us to consider what our worship looks like, specifically in response to this good news of great joy that we are hearing again this morning. I want to look back to our text, and I want to look at how each person responded in worship. So we saw Mary in Luke 1, 46. She said, the text says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Zechariah in verse 67 Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The angels in chapter 2, 13. First, there was an angel appearing to the shepherds, and then they all showed up, right? This host, heavenly host, praises God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. The crowds in 2, 18. It says this. And all who heard it wondered or marveled, were amazed by what the shepherds had told them. And then the shepherds in 2.20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Listen, sometimes we overcomplicate things, right? We make very simple things very hard things. But let's not overcomplicate this. In response to this good news that they had heard, Some sang, some proclaimed truths of what God had done and was doing, some were overwhelmed with wonder, some praised God for what they saw and heard. But all of them were responses of worship, all of them. So how are you responding to, as you hear this, like, do do whatever. What is welling up inside as you hear again, man, God has come. He humbled himself for his people, which includes you. God came for you, and he's made a way for you to be made right with him. What does that do to you? Does that cause you to sing? Does that cause you to say things from Scripture, like repeat verses back to him? Does that make you just marvel and want, like, wow, whatever it is, do that. 
Let us worship in response to this good news we've again received today. I'm a fan of nearly all Christmas music. There are some that are awful. You know. You know what I'm talking about. It begins playing in my house, or at least in my earbuds, November 1, and sometimes throughout the year. I know some of you guys are Scrooges and don't allow it till after Thanksgiving, but I'm praying for you. Music is such a gift to us, isn't it? It, it can bring words and ideas to life for us that we may not know how to express. I want to encourage you to, to go check out Andrew Peterson's, one, check out his whole Behold the Lamb of God album. It tells the story of God, and he does concerts and tours throughout the Christmas season. It's beautiful. But specifically, while shepherds watch their flocks, puts Luke 2, this narrative, into song. And it's beautiful. It's almost straight scripture. I also want to recommend to you this song. I'm going to quote this song. It's sung by King and Country, but it's written by John Mark Hall and Michael Bleeker. And it's called Glorious. And it's about Luke 2. Shepherds bowing in the moonlight... Angels dancing in the night sky. Can you believe it? Mary smiling at the manger. Tears spilling on a Savior. Can you believe it? For unto us a child is born. He is the chorus to every song that we were born to sing. He is the rhythm of your heart, so let the beat begin. It's so glorious. He is glorious. Glory, this is God with us. He is the miracle of the love that set the people free. He is the wonder of the world like we have never seen. It's so glorious. He's glorious. Glory, this is God with us. A wonder like we've never seen. Praise be to you only. This is our king. Unto us a child is born. He's the chorus to every song that we were born to sing. He is the rhythm of our hearts so let the beat begin. He's the miracle of love that set us free. He's the wonder of the world like we've never seen. He is so glorious. So going back to our text, like Zechariah, like Mary, like the angels, like the shepherds, like the crowds, let us have ears to hear this truth today. Let us worship him for what he's done. Let us proclaim to others this good news that we've now heard and seen for ourselves. I have to ask who will you tell about this good news that you've heard again today? Our Savior, Christ the Lord, has come, and he's coming again. Praise be to God. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful that you created the world, you created people, you created us, and when sin came into the world, you had a plan of redemption from the beginning. It was the will of the Lord to crush Jesus. It was your will to crush Jesus on our behalf. And that is such a heavy reminder, but we're so thankful. I pray that this morning that you would create worship in us. You'd help us to respond to this simple truth of good news that our king has come. This good news of great joy. Let us not be Scrooges. Let us enjoy this season. Let us eat all the cookies and drink all the cocoa and do the fun things. But may all those things be secondary, God, to remembering and celebrating and savoring Jesus, this child who's come, who was born and lived and died for us. 
Help us, God, to worship you and you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.